They stood as heroes in our midst, with courage in their hearts and fists. And with each step, they faced the call to serve their land, to give their all. They left behind their homes and kin for fields of battle fierce and grim. With steadfast hearts and selfless grace to fight for freedom in every place. They marched across the dusty sands to foreign shores and distant lands. And there they fought with all their might in blazing sun and darkest night. Their names now etched in history's page, a lasting tribute for every age to those who served and fell in line to keep our freedoms ever shine. For those who paid the ultimate cost, their lives laid down, their battles lost, their sacrifice a priceless gain for the freedom we proudly claim. We honor them with every breath and cherish them beyond their death, their bravery a beacon bright guiding us through the darkest night. So let us pledge with all our might to keep their legacy shining bright and hold them close within our heart, their memories never to depart. And we remember tomorrow, Memorial Day, for all those who have died for our freedom and who've made that ultimate sacrifice, let us pray. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for all the men and women who have given their lives for this country, who have given their lives for each other, for their families. And Lord, I just pray right now that we would remember. And um, we thank you for the courage and the sacrifice of all those who've gone before us. We pray that you'd be with their families, that you'd encourage them during this time. And um, Lord, would you bless all those who are currently serving today. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <clears throat> so some of you know that um, I had an interesting twist in our lives uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, for those of you that don't know, two weeks ago, two weeks ago Saturday, uh, we got a call from guardian of a two-year-old, two-year-old little girl in Phoenix, Arizona, <clears throat> that asked my wife, would we like to take her as our daughter? And she happens to be the daughter of a close friend of ours who passed away a year ago. So uh, we've been in, you know, kind of la-la land trying to figure all this stuff out, all these details and uh, working through the legalities and everything. And um, the court date set for the 16th of June. So be in prayer, continue to pray for that. Uh, That's for the guardianship. And then we'll move into the adoption thereafter, Lord willing. And uh, I'm flying home or flying back to Phoenix this afternoon uh, to continue to help. And Lord willing, we'll all fly back together, including little Charlie, on Tuesday. So uh, I'm excited to introduce you to her. And um, it's been a, been a roller coaster, but I just want to thank all of you for your commitment to pray. And uh, I know that in this church family, I know that's one thing that we do is we pray for each other. And I'm so thankful for all of you prayer warriors who do that on a daily basis for one another. So thank you. So today we are wrapping up our Live For Him message series. And we've spent six weeks together unpacking what it means to live for Jesus and how to live for Jesus. And just as we've done every week in this series, I'm going to ask you to please turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 
We're going to read verses 14 through 15 together. These verses contain the theme for this entire message series. Paul says here, beginning in verse 14, he says, For Christ's love compels us, because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We are to live for him. So much of this world is unfortunately centered around living for ourselves. But as Christians, we don't follow the current of the world. We follow Jesus, which means we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him. In week one of this series, we laid the foundation for living for him. And it all starts with the realization that to live for him, it means that we must give up everything for him. And the one word that best describes this is surrender. Every day we have a choice to make. Live for me or live for him. Jesus surrendered his will completely to the will of his father. And he did that by sacrificing his life on the cross for our sins. Our only reasonable response to that is to stop living to satisfy our our own selfish and sinful desires and to surrender completely to God. And we're to surrender completely to God's will for our lives by becoming a living sacrifice for him. In week two, we built upon that foundation of surrender and sacrifice. And we did that by talking about communication. Communication is the basis for any relationship to thrive. Any relationship you can think of, that's the key. And to live for Jesus, we have to communicate with Jesus. Everything rises and falls upon that principle. And while there are several ways to communicate with Jesus, the primary way that he speaks to us is through the Bible. And the primary way that we speak to him is through prayer. In week three, we talked about God's greatest attribute, his holiness. And this is what sets him apart from everything. God's holiness is what expresses his awesomeness. And we are to be holy because he is holy. And we can only become holy through a relationship with Jesus. And nothing will satisfy us more than a relationship with him. So many things in this world will try to compete with that right there. But the reality is a relationship with Jesus that is focused on the pursuit of holiness is the only thing that will truly satisfy. Nothing will satisfy us more than that relationship with him. So, do you really know Jesus? Do you really know him? Because if you know him, you will love him. And if you love him, you will obey him. And if you know, love, and obey him, you will become holy. You will. And as you experience becoming holy, you will experience joy. In week four, we said that what moved Jesus should be what moves us. And what we read in the Bible over and over and over again is that what moved Jesus was compassion. His entire life, from his birth to his death, was all about compassion. We said compassion is feeling plus action working together to help someone in need. It's when we see someone else's pain and then we take action to help them relieve their pain. And when we show compassion, we show Jesus. 
So to live for him, we need to show compassion like him. Which means we need to see people through his eyes. We need to get close enough to touch the need in people's lives. And we must be willing to pay the price, even if that means it will disrupt our schedule, our priorities, our finances, or may even damage our reputation. Because that's what compassion does. It feels the need, and then it takes action to meet the need. And then in week five, which was last week, we said that as Christ followers, forgiveness is not optional. Which means that if we're truly to live for Jesus, we have to forgive like Jesus. And to forgive like Jesus, there's two very important principles that we need to understand. First, there is something we must give up. And that something is that we must give up trying to make people understand how much they hurt us. And second, there is something we must remember. We must remember that God forgave us when we did not deserve it. So we forgive because we have been forgiven. And the big question that smacks us all in the face is this. If God did not withhold his forgiveness from us, then why should we withhold forgiveness from someone else? Now, today, we're going to tie this whole series together by talking about faithfulness. Faithfulness is the driving force behind truly living for Jesus. Faithfulness is what causes us to give up everything for him. Faithfulness is what compels us to communicate with him. Faithfulness is what requires us to be holy as he is holy. Faithfulness is what obligates us to show compassion like him. And faithfulness is also what motivates us to forgive like him. To live for him, we must understand that everything we do and everything we say comes down to faithfulness. So to live for Jesus, we must be faithful to Jesus. Let's pray. God, we invite you here. Lord, anoint our ears and our hearts and our minds so that we hear directly from you today. I pray, Jesus, that we be encouraged by the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Faithfulness, in Hebrew, it literally means firmness or steadfastness. Firmness or steadfastness. This is an excellent description of God because he never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Not only that, he is entirely faithful. Faithfulness is who he is. It is the essence of his character. If he were ever unfaithful, even for a nanosecond, he wouldn't be God. But he isn't unfaithful, nor has he ever been, nor will he ever be. He is always, always completely faithful. And he will always deliver on his promises. He always has, and he always will. Not even one word of his has ever failed. Ever. You can count on him, and you can count on his word. Always. Psalm 119, verses 89 through 90 says this, Lord, your word is forever. It is firmly fixed in heaven. Your faithfulness is for all generations. You establish the earth, and it stands firm. Firm is a picture of faithfulness. It's constant. It's steady. 
It's fixed. This is God, and this is his word. Firmly fixed, constant, completely true, and completely reliable. And because you and I, as Christ followers, are being conformed into his image, we are becoming more like him. Which means as we mature in him, we become more faithful like him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 through 24 says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. He will do it because his word says it. He will do it because he is faithful. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says, The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. He will protect us because he is faithful. It's who he is. God is 100% reliable. He is 100% trustworthy. And he is 100% righteous. 2 Timothy chapter 2, or chapter 2 verse 13 reminds us that even when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful because it's who he is. And when we are unfaithful and we confess it before him, his word promises that he will forgive us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful, so we should be faithful. And for us to live for Jesus, we must be faithful to Jesus. So what kind of faith will it take for us to truly live for Jesus? Well, I could easily go through the scriptures and I could compare and contrast our faithfulness with Jesus' faithfulness. I could do that. And it would be beautiful and perfect and right. But today I want to take a different approach. When we compare ourselves with Jesus, sometimes we can get disillusioned because although he became flesh and was human in every aspect like us, he never sinned. He was perfect. You and I aspire to be just like him, and we absolutely should. He is our perfect example on how to live our lives. But what I want to do today is to illustrate faithfulness by comparing and contrasting it to someone just like you and me in every aspect, including our sinfulness and our failures. So we're going to look at the life of Moses and his faithfulness so we can better understand our own faithfulness. Moses was included in the hall of faith along with several others who had incredible faith. And you can read all about the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. But in chapter 11 of verse 23 through 28, this is what's said about Moses. It says, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given him an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now I'll pause here in the scriptures. When we're faithful, we make choices that honor God. And choices that honor God are always over and above the fleeting pleasures of sin. And I love how the word describes this. 
the fleeting pleasures of sin. Sin always deceives by the pleasure that it offers, but it's a pleasure that is fleeting, meaning it's temporary. It doesn't last. It never does. Now, if we continue in the scriptures in verse 26, it says, He, meaning Moses, thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. Faithfulness doesn't just see the here and now. It's always looking ahead to our greater reward. And to be faithful, we do this by keeping our eyes on the one who is invisible. That's the key to our faithfulness, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Now, Moses wasn't perfect. His faith wasn't perfect. There were many times that his faith actually failed him. One day while Moses was watching over his father-in-law's flock, Jethro, I love that name, Jethro. That's his father-in-law's name. When he was overlooking the, the flock there, God appeared to him in a burning bush. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine like just like going about your day and God starts speaking to you from a burning bush that's not being consumed? Wouldn't that be awesome? God told him that he would be the one to lead God's people out of Egypt. But you know what Moses did? He protested against God. He said to God, who am I to go before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? Who am I? God had just appeared to him in a burning bush. He's seeing this miracle right before his eyes. And he literally hears the voice of God tell him that he's going to lead the people of Egypt or lead the people of Israel out from Egypt. And the first thing he does is doubt God. And this doesn't happen just once. God reassures him over and over that he'll be with him. And yet Moses keeps on protesting. He keeps on making excuses for why God should choose someone else. He says, because his faith had failed him right there in the midst of God being right there present with him. But despite the many failings of his faith, his life was a legacy of faithfulness. It was when you look back at it. And there are three lessons that we can learn from the life of Moses that'll strengthen our own faithfulness. The first lesson that we can learn about the faith of Moses is that it was a faith that faltered. It was a faith that faltered. There were many times in Moses' life when his faith faltered. He had times where he doubted, and even times when he deliberately disobeyed God. But here's the difference. Moses always returned to the Lord. You can put that in your blank if you're taking notes. He always returned to the Lord. And this is an incredible lesson for all of us. Our faith will falter. As long as we're in this flesh, our faith is going to falter. But what we do when it does makes all the difference. Will we wallow around in our own self-pity? Will we become bitter and complain? Will we resist God when he comes to restore us? And God will always offer a way to restoration because God is faithful even when we're unfaithful so when our faith falters what do we do we return to the lord we turn to him by faith this is what moses did 
every time he realized he was wrong, he always came back to God. Now, this coming back to God won't necessarily relieve us of the consequences from our faith faltering. God will restore us. His word promises us that, but there may be lasting consequences from our poor choices. For example, God told Moses to speak to a rock so that water would flow out of it. The Israelites were really thirsty. They didn't have water. They've been in the desert. They're wandering around or in the wilderness. And God says, speak to the rock. You know what Moses does? He strikes the rock. He disobeys God. And the consequence for that disobedience, that is what cost him the ability to cross over into the promised land. That right there. There was a serious consequence. Disobedience to God always has consequences. You can put that in your blank. There are always consequences to our disobedience. But Moses didn't complain about his consequence. He continued to lead the people of Israel by faith. And that's what faithfulness does. When it falters, it gets back up and it keeps going. So the first lesson that we can learn from the life of Moses is that his faith was a faith that faltered. The second lesson that we can learn from the life of Moses is that his faith was a faith that followed. It was a faith that followed. From the time God called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt to the moment of his death, he followed the Lord. There were many trials Moses had to endure through his lifetime as a servant of the Lord. Pharaoh's magicians mocked him. Pharaoh himself rejected his message repeatedly. His own people complained and rebelled over and over again against him and the Lord. And while Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments from God, you might remember what happened. He was up on Mount Sinai, and what were the people doing? They straight went crazy, didn't they? They got impatient. They just flipped out. They wanted all this gold, and then they made this golden calf. Like, they started worshiping this golden calf. What in the world? Can you, I mean, it blows my mind to think about God delivered them out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. They walked through there on dry ground, and then all the the Egyptians, what? They all get washed out. God was, was following them by a pillar of fire by night, right? And a cloud by the day. And here they are like, well, I guess we're just going to worship this golden calf. I mean, Moses must have been pulling his hair out. <laughs> and when Moses sent 12 spies to go scout out the land God had promised to give to the Israelites, all of them but two came back with a negative report. During all of these trials, Moses could have easily just have given up. He could have said, enough, I'm done, I'm tired of this. And he could have walked away. And at one point, God said this to Moses. He said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my wrath can burn against them, and then I will make you into a great nation. But it was in these precise kinds of moments that Moses chose to follow God and chose to follow the path that God had laid out for him. Even under all kinds of trials and temptations and problems, Moses chose to continue following the Lord. And this should be our heart's cry for all of us, to always follow the Lord. No matter how tough life becomes, no matter how strong the temptation, we need to always follow the Lord. 
the Lord because that's what faithfulness does. It chooses to follow the Lord no matter what kind of adversity it comes against. When we're faithful, we understand and we recognize that we have an enemy who's out there to devour us. And he will try to use our trials and life's many problems to discourage us and distract us with the ultimate purpose of destroying us. That's our enemy. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8-10 through 10 warns us all about this. Peter says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So how do we combat our enemy? By being faithful, by standing firm in faithfulness. And yes, we may have to go through some sufferings, But God is faithful. He will restore us. He will strengthen us. And he will mature our faithfulness. We have got to keep our eyes fixed on him. We have to just keep following him through whatever happens in our life. And when we're on the other side of a trial and we can look back and we can see how God delivered us, that should only strengthen our faith. Because trials help us develop perseverance. Trials are what perfect our faith. They help us to trust in God more and more as we continue to follow him. This is what Moses did. He had a faith that followed. And you and I must have the same kind of faith. So to live for Jesus, we're going to have to follow Jesus in everything. So we learn from the faith of Moses that his faith was a faith that faltered. His faith was a faith that followed. And the third and most important lesson that we can learn from the faith of Moses is that it was a faith that finished. It was a faith that finished. Moses was forbidden to enter the promised land, but he completed the task that God had set before him. He completed the very mission that God had given him. His faith was a faith that finished. Now, more than ever, this is the message that the church needs to hear. Because unfortunately, more and more people are falling into distraction, deception, disillusionment, and even despair in the church. So we all need this reminder of the importance of finishing well. We should be living every day as if it's our last, because it very well could be. Don't let failure stand in the way of finishing well. Whatever past failures you've experienced, they are in the past. You don't live in the past. You live in the present. And there's no greater time to follow the Lord than right now. Because it's not so much how you start this Christian life that matters. It's how you finish. Moses finished well. At the close of his life, he reminded the children of Israel how he had led them, how God had provided for them, how hope comes from trusting in God alone, and he also reminded them about the importance of obedience. We see his very last words to the people of Israel recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 45 through 47. Here's what he said. 
Verse 45, when Moses had finished reciting all these words to the people of Israel, he added, take to heart all the words of warning I have given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children so they will obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land you will occupy when you cross the Jordan River. To finish well, we need to hear the word of God and not just hear it. We need to obey it. This is the key to finishing well. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the question is, are we hearing the word of God in our lives every day? Or is it just on Sunday? This is how we can finish well. Because if we have a steady dose of the word of God in our lives, then we can be assured that it will strengthen our faith. And by strengthening our faith, we will become more faithful. And when we become more faithful, we can be assured that we will finish well. Because to live for Jesus, we must be faithful to Jesus. And that's what every one of those saints who were in the, the hall of faith did, including Moses. They finished well. They were faithful because that's the only way to truly live this life. The author of Hebrews encourages us with these words in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. He says, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Now keep in mind, the author had just got done describing the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 going through all the people, Abraham and Moses and Rahab and all these people. Those are the large cloud of witnesses. That's what the author of Hebrews is talking about here. He says, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter. Other translations would use the word finisher of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. So we keep our eyes on Jesus. That's how we finish well. We finish well by keeping our eyes on the finisher of our faith. We look to him and we never, ever give up because we should all want to hear these words on the day of salvation well done my good and faithful servant because to live for Jesus we must be faithful to Jesus and the kind of faith it's going to take for us to truly live for Jesus is the same kind of faith that Moses had Moses's faith was a faith that faltered it was a faith that followed and it was a faith that finished. Although our faith may falter at times, we continue to follow the Lord by keeping our eyes on Him. And we seek to finish on the path of faith that He has set before us. Let's pray. God, we thank You that You've given us such wonderful examples of faith in the Word of God. If we'll just read it. If we'll just spend time studying Your Word. I thank you, Lord, that we can relate to Moses because Moses was weak and of flesh just like us. He failed, but he returned to you. And I thank you, Lord, that he returned over and over again.
and that he finished what you gave him to finish. And I pray, Lord God, that that would speak into each and every one of us, that we would finish well. Lord, that we would encourage others to finish well. No matter what our past has said about us or how much we've gotten caught up, caught up somehow in things in the past, Lord, may we let all that go by the wayside because we know that in you, we're a new creation. Old things have gone. Behold, all things have become new. We're not who we were in the past. We're who we are right now in you. And so I pray today, Father, if there's someone that's holding on to things in the past, that's hampering their faith, that today that would be set free in them, in their hearts today. Others who maybe have not given their lives totally to you, have not made that decision to follow you, I pray today that that would be the day that they make this decision to say, yes, Lord, I want to serve you wholeheartedly with all that I am. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you for all you're doing in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So if you need prayer, (laughs) if you need prayer, you want to come forward, there'll be people up here to pray for you. Whatever is on your heart, whatever the Holy Spirit has stirred up in you, I'd encourage you to respond. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.